isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Now, let's begin. What's up, Slick Talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends at Minute. And if you haven't heard of Minute, then guess what? They are the perfect co-host solution for your technology stack. Here's why I call them your co-host solution is because they can be the best alerting system for you if there's too many guests at your property or if there is a party that breaks out. And guess what? Their sensors are amazing. You don't get any false positives, as in dogs barking, the wind blowing, maybe a door slamming or a glass breaking, that doesn't trigger an alert. Real party noises actually trigger an alert. So that way you're not getting woken up in the middle of the night or alerted in the middle of the day for nothing. They have two outdoor sensors and these sensors do not need to rely on each other in order to work. So if you are worried about outdoor parties and your neighbors getting interrupted, then just get the outdoor sensor. If you're worried about big parties inside your really big vacation home, then get the indoor sensors so that way you can make sure you're covering all the common spaces that you need to. There's a special offer for all Slick Talkers in the show notes below. And now back to the episode. Question for the group. Um, Of the seven major hotel chains, how many sub brands exist? Mike, we'll start with you. How many sub brands off the top of my head? I don't know, but it's a lot. Finger there, to the wind. There's a lot. <laughs> I could do a quick Google, but I don't know the number off the top of my head. Natalie, guess. I have literally no idea. Not a clue. All right, Steve Turk. I'm going 450. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm big. <laughs> Aggressive. Jeez. I don't Brandy, know. Any guess? No, you're on mute, but you're shaking your head now. Mark? No. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm literally watching the Liverpool game in the bottom left-hand corner. So I <laughs> the, answer is, the answer is no. <laughs> the answer no. Is okay. not. I have no clue, but I'm going to say uh, 700. Wow. Not quite that many. <laughs> um, there's 30. 165 flags under the major brands. Accor has 40, Marriott has 30, Wyndham has 26, Hyatt has 22, Hilton has 18, IHG has 17, and Choice has 12. 60 of these brands were added in 2019 alone. So all of these flags are really now trying to differentiate. And the the proliferation of these brands 
is happening because you can't, when they sell a, a franchise, you can't have more uh, Marriott's on the same block, on the same street. So they need a different chain, a different brand, a different feel, so they can own the whole block. And by them being able to add more flags and more brands, they can capture more market share in, in said markets. Um, people want to stay with brands because they know it's predictable. They know what they're getting. They might identify better with Moxie than with, you know, traditional Marriott or Holiday Inn. Um, but at the end of the day, the bold prediction is there will be another hotel chain launching or acquiring a multifamily apartment brand this year following Marriott's apartments by Marriott. And it's a green pasture segment. You know, there's some long-term stays, but no one's really diving in on the hotel brand going after Airbnb's, you know, playground. So it's, it's green pastures. These parent brands or flags um, can just spin off and, and start adding them, buying, you know, one of y'all's companies uh, or creating their own like Marriott has done with apartments. So I don't think it's that bold. I think it's almost certain to happen, but we'll see. I want to ask you, when do you think, if it's almost certain to happen, when do you think, like, give us a rough date, end of the year, mid-year, tomorrow, today, as we're alive right now, people are listening and they're doing it? Yeah, it's, um, I think it could be as soon as anyone wants to. I, I think IHG has been the slowest to be in the segment. Accor's played in the space, Hyatt's played in the space. Uh, Choice has played in the space. Wyndham used to have a, one of the biggest companies in the space. Um, so I think they've all dipped their toes in, but kudos to Marriott for not only launching homes and villas, but also launching uh, apartments. So they're leading the way. Everyone else is going to be followers. Um, Mike, you know, it's interesting real quick that I mentioned earlier, within a week of closing that last one, one of those five, I won't say who reached out to try and buy this deal. Like mm. almost immediately. Does that answer your question, Will? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> that really does. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Any questions for Michael? Not a question, but, you know, obviously um, it's a little nerve wracking for those of us who operate in urban markets right around the corner from these big brands. Um, but I, I think that it will take a little bit more time. I have a feeling that, that these companies might take the more Marriott route, they, you know, and build their own brand within, you know, within their main brand. And that takes time. And Marriott has had the luxury of having their platform and working with operators like Sexton to see kind of how we operate. Um, their due diligence is a real piece of work. <laughs> um, and so it's, you know, they've had the opportunity to learn. And I think that that's probably, I would say, what the other companies will start doing. But others can copy. It's the, the sure. first mover has a bit of an advantage, but everyone else just gets to copy and paste. So yeah, it's very true. Steve, you're a hotel guy. You're a big hotel guy. I'm curious on your thoughts, just because you yeah, I've been world. I've been preaching it for a long time. I think people want to stay with brands that they trust, 
and they learn to trust brands that they stay with in the hotel world. And I would, like I, I say it a bunch, like Nobu kind of does it now. They have these tiny little hotel in Malibu. It's just 12 rooms. Right? It's like kind of a boutique hotel, but very much high-end luxury. Um, you see it with residences popping up. Like I'm looking across the street. They're building an addition residences here soon. You got cranes going up everywhere with these branded deals. Um, I just think it's going to be a matter of time. And it's going to go through, I think, through the residences. Like the St. Regis is building their residences, two of them in this county and i think it's going to be more and more of that so it may not be where they acquire it but they just start living that life and then if you're living there they team up with a trusted vacation rental or short-term rental manager that allows those rentals in those buildings that's the key is going to be where are you going to use a trusted person or are you going to allow wild west in these buildings with you know single property owners renting out their units so it's going to be interesting to see but i think it going that way too is a way of seeing it yeah, I like that. Um, awesome. Anybody else have anything for Mr. Golden before we go to Mark? Nope. All right. Mark Simpson, you're up, my friend. So stop watching the Liverpool game and uh, get ready to uh, give us the hot predictions. I know, right? Of all the times, I totally got my times wrong. And I just saw in the bottom right-hand corner, Liverpool score a lovely goal. But anyway, bringing it back to hospitality. Um so it's really tricky <laughs> when you're the last two with the predictions when a lot of people have had some amazing predictions that uh, already. But let's see. I think I want to do a combination of everybody's and just sort of um, just sort of go on that. Um, I think first and foremost, we will go back to norm. So the 2019 norm. Um, so when Brandy was talking about China and um, China being able to travel and Chinese people have been able to travel again. If you've been in this game for a few years, if you're around in 2018, 2019, and if your area, your region, your town, your city, your state was well known for having um, an influx of Chinese tourists come over, then it'll be result and all. Like there's, a, there's an area in the Lake Districts and um, like Chinese people don't really travel in ones or twos. They come in coach loads. And it's well known uh, because the Chinese absolutely love Peter Rabbit. I don't know if everybody knows what Peter Rabbit is. It's a very British thing. But they come over and it's just well known that they literally just come through in the bus loads. They, they rock up. They, they just ascend on all of the shops and just buy everything. And you've just got one very happy Lake Distrian <laughs> shop owner. Uh, so those sort, that will result to norm. So obviously Bali, Indonesia, et cetera, places in, in the UK. But I think what it also means is that we're going to get a return of the the shoulder season, like the true shoulder season. What happened in 2020, 2021, and for, for the most part in 2022, the shoulder season, aka the slow season or the peak season was extended um, because tr like the travel and was so bouncing back so quick and people were sort of not being able to stay in hotels or not going on cruises. And this the season that we, we sort of all got to used to was being extended. I think that what will happen with everything that's going on and all the uncertainty, as, as Brandy mentioned again, we will go back to that sort of have a slow season, shoulder season, a true one. But I think what will continue, and I don't think that's going anywhere, is that we've got a new avatar, a new guest, and that is the the, the true digital nomad, the, uh, the slowmad, the digital slowmad, the people that are coming for 30, 60, 90 days. Um, people now more than ever have got this office hybrid where – you know, I know so many people that have not gone properly back into the office. They only have to go in a couple of times a month or a very minimum at most. And with that, they are able to travel, 
and work while they travel. And I don't think that's going to go anywhere. Um, you know, if, if, if anything, it's going to get more. And what does that mean for you as a host or a management company or a co-host or whoever watching this is that there are a lot of people coming into this industry and that's, that's not going to slow down. There's going to be so more people that are going to be tempted to come into it. Um, like Natalie said, there are people that maybe got involved at the latter end of 2021, the start of 2022, because the numbers were so good. And now they're kind of being shaken out because they're getting a little bit of nervous, bit of itchy bum time. And they're going to look to, instead of do it themselves, they're going to reach out to people like Natalie and, and companies like this, smaller hosts to, to look after their portfolio. But there's going to be a lot of people still coming in. And so with that being said, if you're complaining about saturation in your market, if you're complaining that there's a lot of people doing this, this, uh, this short-term rental game, the way to really stand out, and this is what Mike was saying, when everybody's zigging, you zag. So he really does his research, like more than anybody else that I've ever met, does a massive amount of research, knows his numbers. But on the top of that, like what Stacy said, he, he bottles on top of these numbers with what this, what this industry is all about, hospitality and themed rooms or, or whatever he could do. And the hosts that really pay attention to hospitality are the ones that won't just survive, but will thrive on the other end. There's something that I'm trying to sort of get around and try and get as many people as possible to bring this into their businesses is have a guest success manager because the amount of money that you actually get for your booking should be just one arm of your money making revenue process in your business. There's fantastic offerings like Mount with Maddie's business and with uh, Hostco, which means now more than ever, you're able to upsell, you're able to offer products and services and it's never been easier to, to bring into your business and make it more automated or make it fit into to, to what you've currently got in. I think the final thing that I will say is that Airbnb, and you know, I, I can't do one of these things without having a little jab at Airbnb. I think they're going to try and have their cake and eat it. And they are massively bending over for the guest right now. So what I mean by that is that there has to be just one little social media storm about cleaning fees and it's gone. And they're, they're, they're doing all of these things to make the guest happy. And I think when they do that, they're going to piss off a lot of hosts. And all you have to do is look at Instagram right now. You just have to look at forums. And, and more than ever, hosts are starting to realize that they can't just build their whole business on this one platform. And so you see them start to go multi-platform. You see them to now to get property management software tools. And obviously the, the plus side of that with me sitting at the booster table is that they're looking at direct bookings. And so I think that there's a couple of things that are going to happen. Hopefully direct bookings continue to rise. Uh, but the, the main thing is, is that the host that under promise and over deliver, you are going to be absolutely fine. The hosts that are just going for average, you're the ones that have to be careful this year. So. That's my predictions. Dang, the the private chat going going hot back behind the stage. Gonna get the live stream shut down, calling out Airbnb like that, Mark. Dang. Well, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll leave it open for questions for anybody who's uh, wants to comment, question on Mark's uh, predictions. Well, I'm just Nobody. curious because I have I have a question coming from the Book Direct show. Um, you know, I heard a lot of great stuff about booking direct and I know you're working with Boostly. Um, 
and we're planning our game out here too, but do you see it being successful for people starting out their book direct? Like what is like one or two tips for people trying to get their business up and running away from the platforms? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's super simple to do. I mean, obviously you're not going to go cold Turkey on, on Airbnb verbo and like you need them because they're a marketing channel. Um, but the best time to start is write a property one. Um, because if you can instantly put into the, the right foundations and the blueprint in place, as you grow and you expand and you add in more properties, the, the whole game is just so much more simpler. The trouble is, and I see this so many times and I speak to a lot, a lot of people and they get going and they list on Airbnb because it's so easy to do. It's like you can literally be up within minutes and they then are on Airbnb. They get settled and secure on there and then they hear about Verbo. So they go and set up a Verbo account, but you don't want to have a, a double booking, right? So you go and uh, connect your calendars together, but instead of, starting where you should be with get a proper team management software tool and then connect it to the two, we'll take their Airbnb and they'll link it to Verbo and they'll connect it up there. So that they are relying on Airbnb on that connection. And let's just say property number two comes around and then they do the same thing again. And then you're starting to build a spider's web where it's all comes back to being heavily reliant on this Airbnb. And that is where the problem is sure. So the first thing that everybody can do, if anybody's wondering, well, how do I get started? How do I get going down on this route? The first thing you can do at property number one, get a property management software tool, whoever you use, because there's a lot of choice out there. And then you build it off the back of that. Got it. That's my one. Awesome. Um, I know for everyone who's tuning into the live, just want to make a quick comment. We are definitely going to go a little bit over today. Uh, so we might have a couple of our panelists uh, drop off due to schedules and other meetings, but uh, we'll try to keep everyone that can stay on to be on. And we'll repost this for anyone who is watching and can't stay live because it's only scheduled for the hour. So if you guys want to catch reclips and replays, all that good stuff, we'll make sure to post and share. Um, but to help close it off before I give a couple nuggets, thank God nobody really actually mentioned my main prediction. So I will let Steve Turk go first and then we'll close it off with everyone and wish everyone a good rest of the day and week. Steve Turk, you are up, my friend. All right, let me just get a sip of my Biscayne coffee here before we start. I love all the infomercials we're doing. It's so good. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I, you know, I, I love all the things we've heard today, but I live in both worlds of hotels and uh, short-term rentals. And this is more of overall hospitality. So the latest jobs report came out and there's still 450,000 jobs that are open since the same levels at pre-pandemic. So it's a gigantic number. It's more than any other industry out there. And I've seen a lot of my friends that have been working their butts off since March 2020 when that pandemic hit. And now I'm starting to get a lot of inbound calls. This is brand new over like the last three to four weeks where people are now reaching out, asking me how I was able to transition out of being an executive in hotels and to get into something that's more flexible with my time, like consulting and starting the short-term rental and starting the podcast and starting a coffee company. They're starting to ask me how they can get out, which is not a, a great sign for a lot of these hotels that are already short of staff, right? People were trying to stay there, suck it up and make it through, but help just doesn't seem to be on the way. And so I think this is, now let's get to the good news. That's the bad news. The good news is that the luxury hotels where these guests are paying tons of money to stay there are now starting to pay up. They're starting to give out lots of big bonuses and they know that usually people get a bonus and they're still looking to leave, maybe find other jobs. So now they're increasing pay. And that's across the board from the housekeepers up to 
the top level executives. Um, and so where I think the opportunity is for these people who are asking me. So if you're someone who's been an executive like I was and you're looking to get out, I think that there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of great brain power that can be shared in the short term rental world where you can bring all the things you know about hotels and luxury standards into that area. And I think you're going to see a lot of people start to get into residences because residences usually are Monday to Friday. Um, unless you're working in like a food and beverage aspect at these places, you have to work weekends. But usually if you're Monday to Friday in these luxury residences and the luxury residences are really going after these hotel people and offering them that kind of quality of life. So my prediction is luxury hotels and everyone else will have to follow and paying up more for people that are giving up the flexibility of their schedules. Uh, but that the short term rental industry, I'm, I'm doing it right now. We're looking for people in the hotel world that want a more flexible schedule will start coming into this side of the, the world. So hospitality will start to mesh together um, a little bit more this year. I love it. I love it. I love the differenti or differentialities that you brought in. So anybody have comments, questions, concerns? Just kidding. I've got one. Part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go for I've it. Super quick. So with the, the whole... Uh, recruitment world and, and coming out of like the last couple of years how are you finding like getting staff and 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 back for, for the world of hotels etc are you are you noticing that like getting the, the right staff good staff is that still an issue or is that getting back to like normal levels now? Uh, no it's way back so there's still four hundred fifty thousand jobs open and there's people that are going to be getting back like i should never have left i use me as an example right i was an executive at a great hotel but i just didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel and it's still happening right i didn't i have two little kids and i never got to see them but now flexibility is like the, the golden nugget here. The companies that can offer the most flexibility to their team are going to be winning. And we see it now um, across the brands that are doing that, where they're paying up and then offering flexibility. Like some of them are doing four-day work weeks. Some are saying, look, you don't have to work every holiday. We'll trade Thanksgiving for Christmas and Christmas for New Year's. And they're trying to give that flexibility to a lot of people. Um, but really, it's the perks. And a lot of them went away. And I actually just wrote about this yesterday on LinkedIn was one of my best perk packages was I worked at the Mandarin Oriental and I got free spa once a month. I got free food that was amazing, dry cleaning, uh, you know, parking, gym access, all these awesome things. $75 room rentals at, you know, $1,500 a night hotel rooms. But that went away. All right. And those things just aren't out there anymore. So I think you're going to see a lot of people investing back because a lot of these hotels did have record profits. Why? Because there's no one working, right? So people were killing themselves to get those record profits, and now they have to invest that back into the team. What's up, Slick Talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends at Hostfully, and their property management software is the best-in-class solution for hosts and managers alike. They integrate with the best tech solutions out there like operation software, dynamic pricing, insurance, noise monitoring, you name it, they've got it. And Guess what? You can also get their digital guidebook solution as well in order to make sure you aren't printing out or writing down guidebook and activities and house manual items for your guests. All you need to do is create their digital guidebook, link it with the property management software, and voila, you're ready to rock and roll getting your guests in and out with a breeze. So make sure you check out the link in the show notes in order to get our special offer for all of our listeners. And now, Back to the episode. Oh, just a, a funny comment before going on to the next question. Sorry, Brandy, to cut you off. I saw you taking ready to take the leap. But Sarah, hey, Sarah. Franzen says she you can't pay her enough to go back to hotels. Is uh, I, I guess, you know, 
I would go back. I've, I've missed my hotel days back in the day. Um, I miss my team. I miss my team. I'll yeah. tell you that. Yeah. It's different working remote. I think going short-term rental to from hotel or being in person is very, very different. But uh, do you think, I guess my question to Sarah, more or less than Steve, is what, what would make you go back? Would it be the, the perks? I, I, you had me at spa, Steve. I would do the spa thing once a month, guaranteed. 100%. Done. I did it every time. That's every, why I'm a spa nerd yeah. now. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, go ahead, Brandy. I'll let you take off. Yeah, I just find that the, you know, the conversation around payroll is very difficult because, yet, you know, there is this race and we've seen it in both our South Florida and New Orleans markets, like trying to compete with hiring housekeeping staff when we have to compete with the Four Seasons who are paying the same rate we are, but also offering the dry cleaning, the free meals, like we can't compete with that. And when you start increasing your payroll more and more and more to try to get people in the door and get them to stay, then that becomes a huge problem because the ADRs are not necessarily what they used to be. And so then if, if there are tough times coming, the first thing and the most impactful thing that you can do to cut your costs is to cut your payroll. And so I think that that creates just this negative feedback loop where you're racing to raise salaries to attract the talent. And then you get yourself in a position where you can't afford that at all. And then you have to cut them and then you have to do the whole cycle again. So I, it's um, something that like, you know, I, it's a very tricky situation. And um, I also wish that I had a monthly spa package. I would definitely it was do the that. Best. <laughs> I literally just met with uh, my team about this earlier today. And again, it comes back to the same mindset of, how do you make your properties more attractive than your comps? How do you make your team more attractive than your comps? Right? Like even doing things now, like Friday, we're having a huge party at one of our hotels, inviting all the different staff from all different properties, having it catered DJ, like bar, like everything. And just doing those little things. We used to have like, um, pizza Fridays or catered lunch Fridays for all the housekeeping staff at like one of the, just like doing little things and just showing your team that you give a shit. Sorry. I don't know if I'm not supposed to swear on this, but like showing people that you care, man. Cause like most companies, they don't want to feel like a cog in the wheel. They want to feel like they're part of something bigger. It's like Steve was talking about earlier. You didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. So do you have a vision that's big enough? That's going to captivate your team that like we're going big places and you want to be on this bus and we have a lot of fun and our standards are freaking high. But if you can play ball with us, this is going to change your life. And I personally interview all the employees to figure out what are their personal goals and how can I align our business to help them hit whatever their personal goals are. Like, yeah. again, I'm not a massive company. Like, so it's a lot easier for us and for me to train like our manager to like have those conversations to just have more of that, interaction with their with our team of like what is important to you and how can you how can we make sure that you hit that working with us that's where you us. start to win you you'll be able to convince some great hotel employees that have all the experience you're looking for because of the passion you've got and telling them i'm gonna i got your back right and i think hotels are realizing that like man we really messed up a couple years ago and we're still having to gain back the trust of all the people that left and all people just never are going to be a lot of never was because you can make $45,000 flipping things on eBay, right? So that money is not attractive to you to go into a hotel. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I was going to say one of the things we kind of built, this is outside of the hospitality, like lodging side. 
but our team, we there's a lot of toxicity around like we're a family, we're a family, and everyone tries to use that line for their staff with housekeeping and maintenance and all this other stuff and saying we're family, then yet they get canned the next week because again, the ADRs weren't good or whatever. Um, so one of our kind of big statements with each other, um, Claire and Michael will answer to this is that we're not family, but we're friends and we're allowed to be friends outside of work and we're allowed to have companionship and get to know each other and be aligned personally rather than just a business because that mindset is way better than saying, Hey, we're a family, but then, Oh, guess what? We lost all of our revenue and uh, see you later. Like we don't really care. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's that mentality I think has been a big differentiator for me, especially being in a hotel or other companies that have been quick to slow to hire and quick to fire be based off of, revenue projections and uh, seniority and rather than talent and passion and of course experience. So it's uh, pretty interesting for, for all that to, to kind of come back to light. Um, sweet. Anybody else got something or anybody else got a question? It's not something for Steve on basically his predictions and what he's just mentioned. Going once, going twice sold. Cool. Um, well, not to close it off on a boring note because I'm the last one to go. Um, but I will say I wrote down three predictions being scared that everyone else is going to mention their prediction first. But there was one prediction that I am kind of putting out there and I want to see everyone's faces on this to go into. It's going to be two of them. Uh, but the big one is going to be Vecasa. So obviously Vecasa, not to like dig at them and not trying to do that. It's more of a prediction of what they're going to do because they do get a lot of uh, headline and spotlight news. So my prediction with Vacasa, they did this big layoff. They had gotten rid of a lot of employees. It was big news right before VRMA, I believe. Um, and my prediction will be that they are going to let go of homes and properties without density or actual gaining revenue. Um, and then they're actually going to start building rather than buying. So they let go of a lot of their acquisitions team. My prediction is that they're going to go into building kind of a condominium apart hotel buildings which is what they're known to be better at rather than single family homes and in order to become profitable they're also going to start looking obviously to build the bigger buildings multifamily structures but then they're going to become more of an ota trying to compete with airbnb um and trying to be of course profitable i think that's my big prediction for this year slash going into next year because obviously building buildings building buildings takes a lot of time and, and money. Um, but I also think that they are just trying to focus and not like Sonder where they're trying to do a master lease model and do all these buildings. They're actually trying to build own. Cause guess what? Owners can't fire them if they own the building. So that's kind of my big prediction for the year. And then my second one going into what a lot of people have said on this panel today would be around mobility hospitality. So I'm going to predict that things like, the sprinter vans and kind of a glamping RV mobile hospitality type inventory glamping um, is going to become very more popular, especially as the younger generation of travelers, whether there's a recession or not, they're renting, they're spending their money with experiences rather than anything else. So what better experience to do while you're young, dumb and broke is to hop in a sprinter van with someone, whether it's a significant other or a friend and hit the road. And guess what? If, you can't afford gas then you can at least camp out and wait until you get your next paycheck in order to move on to the next spot. So I think that's going to be the next big thing for um, hospitality such as like experiential hospitality. But uh, yeah, I'll let you guys do with that as you want. 
Anybody got questions? Yeah. I want to go buy one now. I have a question for Will. So do you think that with the campers that that's going to be um, like more of a drive to like rent them to drive them or to go to like the park to like glam site that has the deck built out and the hot tub and everything. And I'm literally in a camper right now. This is the Airstream we bought and I'm still looking for land to park it. So maybe you'll convince me to just rent it from my driveway and let people drive it out. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's more of like the mix of, like, hey, we're going to, we have, we we work remote, so we're going to go just hit the road and hit all the spots that we want to, whether it's like Colorado or going into the Pacific Northwest and experiencing maybe even Arizona, going out to the desert, m- multiple different locations. But then also the, hey, guess what? We are out of PTO or whatever, but we have the weekends off nine to five type hustle. And we're going to just going to take the Sprinter van or the RV or hit a glamping site for the weekend just to get away. Um, one of my big kind of reasons for this would be coming from uh, inspired from uh, Tori and Seth Bolt out with Bolt Farm Treehouse um, out in the actually I'm not going to say where because I don't remember fully but they have an amazing um, acreage and they're building a community of glamping um, huts and tree houses and mirror cabins and all sorts of stuff and I think that trend it's not even a trend. It's more of a futuristic experiential hospitality that a lot of people are wanting to seek, whether it's for a weekend or for kind of a lifestyle thing. So I think the van life is also going to translate into that. It's going to be like an easier transition. See, I I, I can speak to this because I grew up on a 200 acre farm stay business. So it's amazing to me as a British person that the whole glamping thing hasn't properly taken off in the States. Um, And I can see it getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, if you just come over here, you go to any village or any countryside like these farms that used to be just working farms have now got some element of an experience they built into it whether it is uh camping glamping huts wh- whatever you want to call it right and it, it is getting huge or bigger and getting more known over in over in the states and so yeah i can totally totally buy into that totally see that um and you know it's it's funny um when the 2020 started to go a bit crazy you could not buy a camper, an RV, a caravan in the UK for love, no money. Cause that was, you know, everywhere was closed up and literally the only way you could do it is if you jumped in a, in a caravan. And um, I'm sure I heard this right from uh, Airbnb on a podcast, like they are officially the second largest uh, renters of RVs without even meaning to be. <laughs> so it's, it's crazy. So there is a, there's a definitely a demand. There is definitely room for somebody to create a, a massive booking platform around it. Definitely. And yeah, it's, it's a good prediction. I'm even more intrigued about Vacasa becoming an OTA, but that's for another day, another show. Yeah, I, was, I figured that's what Brandy was going to ask because that's yeah. been the one that we've. I, I love the Steve Milo comment. Who who said that in the the chat? Yeah, Mark, I love it. It was good. <laughs> He's like, no, don't say it. Go ahead, Brandy. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't necessarily about them becoming an OTA, but I can see that, and that's definitely. Uh, I'd love to get into that conversation, but it was more on them, you know, trying to get into the multifamily space, the apart hotel. Um, and I definitely think they're going to try to buy urban operators. I have a very strong mm-hmm. feeling that that is already in motion, and there is probably some distressed operators out there that will take them up on that. So, yeah. Yeah, build or buy is always the question. And I know Michael Golden and a couple of us actually always kind of talk about build or buy. I think with their acquisition team being let go, mostly, majority. Um, yeah, that's where I struggle with it is like buy or build. Are they going to Picasso will not buy. buy their own? 
You don't They're think so? Publicly at traded. All? It's too different. The return structures on real estate companies versus what they're trying to trade at as a tech company. It's that's why Marriott, Hyatt, Hilton don't own properties. They spun off host group is part of Marriott, but it's not under the publicly traded stock ticker. So no, yeah. they will not buy. Uh, they might partner with a REIT and a REIT buys all the real estate and they manage it, but yeah, I don't see them purchasing their own assets. Yeah. Well, I'm passionate on the build part, so that would be my prediction, and I'm happy to stick with that part, <laughs> at least. <laughs> stick to your guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Anybody else got anything? Nope. Cool. Well, I do want to say a quick thank you to everyone who joined on the panel. You guys are amazing. This has been super fun. It's rare to get us all in one room unless we're at a conference that we all happen to go to. So this is exciting. Again, appreciate you guys. And then to everyone who has tuned into the live, seriously, the the comments and the the messages I've as I took my phone off of Do Not Disturb have been awesome. Thank you guys a lot. We, you know, kind of wanted to do something different and interesting. And I think bringing different groups of people from short-term rentals to hotels to even other places like Steve's got the best background with fine dining and of course the the hotel side. I love watching his. Uh, hospitality mentor videos where he goes around and and dives into these venues deeper so stuff like that we wanted to keep doing this and so if you guys like this model let us know how we could keep doing it and we'll bring on new faces and names to the the panels but for any of you on this current roundtable right now would you like to say anything to the audience before we end the live and head off for the rest of our day Nope. Picture events. Go on. Picture events. Mike. Yeah. Stay picture events. Where's everyone going to see event? SDR Wealthcom. What I, the, what I was going to say was we, we had a lot of negatives on this. Don't let that scare you. Right. Like if you listen to the wise, like Buffett, like when people are fearful, be greedy. I'm going on a hunt this year. I'm telling you guys right now and I'm calling my shot. Like I'm going to expand a lot in 2023. So when people are fearful, be greedy. And when people are greedy, be fearful. So don't let that hold you back. Mm. that's good i love it well that's a good note uh i know there's a couple events so i'm actually gonna just let i i know mike you just said you didn't want to pitch it but we're gonna let you pitch it uh so stacy go ahead with your virtual one leading into i know natalie's got the level up your listing summit which i'll be emceeing of and i'm so excited for the only guy in a room full of women in the short-term rental so it's gonna be a shark frenzy i, I feel like uh in a not a good way probably i'll probably get destroyed on stage but all good. Um, I will let everyone just kick off from there. And if you guys have anything else to add, would love to hear it. So go ahead, hey, Stacey, hey. kick it off. Thank you, Will. So yes, ladies, if you are interested in connecting with some amazing, amazing speakers, a few of which are on this panel right now next week, um, go to strvirtualsummit.com and we would love to welcome you and a friend. So we're, we're, we launched a BOGO deal, buy one, get one. So, so many people are interested in this short terminal thing, but not quite sure about it or curious. So feel free to invite a friend or a family member to come with you. And um, again, thank you, Will, for putting this amazing panel together. Of course. Love it. Natalie, go ahead. Leeway into, yeah. into that. So one final pitch I've mentioned a few times, but level up your listing summit. It's an all women's short-term rental summit um, in Scottsdale, Arizona, February 27th, 28th, and March 1st. 
Uh, Stacy is one of our speakers. Will is our MC, and Mike's wife, Kristen, will be talking about. Um, she'll be on our design panel, so I can't wait for her to talk about all the themed, fun designs they're doing. Um, so if you guys want, level up your summit.com and you can use code Roundtable10 for 10% off your ticket. I love that. Roundtable10. Mike, WealthCon coming up March. Yeah. So the STR Wealth Conference, uh, it's going to be March 20th to the 22nd. I was actually just checking. We literally have, we have a thousand seats for this thing. We have 35 left. Like I'm no exaggeration. So if you're going to go, I'd highly encourage you because I know Bill's going to fire off an email after he hears that and he's just going to finish selling it out because that's what he does. And so there's literally 35 seats left. I just checked the dashboard. Um, it's going to be awesome. I'm super pumped. Um, it was a lot of fun last year and we were going to do it bigger and better this year. A lot of my friends are coming back and uh, kudos to, to our boy over here. Uh, Mark Simpson hooked me up with an intro to Mike Michalowicz, who we landed for our keynote speaker, author of Profit First and Pumpkin Plan and a ton of books that I absolutely love. So Mike's going to be keynoting that. And um, you guys can check it out at strwealthconference.com. We have an incredible lineup, uh, a lot of people that are up here. And um, the networking is just a blast, man. Like it, we have a lot of fun. We learn a lot. And um, there's going to be a thousand other hosts there. So super, super excited. You're going to be able to whip up a, a code like Natalie did or, or are yeah, we going to leave the listeners yeah, use, hanging? Use promo code Mark. He doesn't need one. <laughs> yeah. Use promo left. code Mark. <laughs> use promo code Mark. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> I love it. How about Michael Golden and Steve Turk? Any events you guys are excited to attend or go to this year? Are you putting on a conference? Am I missing something? Or are you guys just going to tune in for the for the good stuff? Nope, not putting on any conferences that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> okay just making sure you never know how about you steve you're muted my friend i'm excited to see if i can at least attend uh one of these this year i know i'm not invited to the all women's one so what kind of wipes out the ones you i can, can go to come. steve we'll let you in we'll sneak you in <laughs> but i'm excited to get more and more involved this year in the in the short-term rental world so i'm excited to, to see some of you out there live Awesome. Well, appreciate all of you guys once again. Thank you so much for tuning in for all of our live viewers and listeners and this amazing roundtable. Maybe we'll come back at the end of the year and see what came true and what didn't. So excited to uh, continue on. And thank you guys again. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoyed the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week. Have you heard about our friends at Safely? Well, Safely integrates perfectly with your tech stack in order to make sure that you are covered while your guests occupy the vacation home. Now, this is different from business insurance and, of course, homeowners insurance, but this is the best solution out there that's actually underwritten by a real insurance provider to cover vacation rental operator pros just like you. So, damaged linens, broken glass, ruined couches, you name it, stuff like that, or maybe even an accident on the property, 
is covered by Safely. All you need to do is take pictures of the damages and make sure that you find a replacement item in order to cover what has been broken or destroyed. Now, this is super great because your homeowners are going to be happy that they're not going to see reduced damage items on their owner statement. You just take care of it. Don't have to hassle the guests and you don't have to see lower income for your homeowners. This is a great retention tool and we love using Safely in my business as well. So now that you've heard about Safely, we're back to the episode and thank you so much for tuning in.